This is the very word of God. 800,000 words that God, he chose to speak them. And the reality of this word is it's unchangeable. The reality of this word is it is for, for whosoever will let him come. Right? It's for he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It is all the promises of God are yes and so be it unto you. God doesn't do something for one person and not do it for another. I want to talk to you tonight about something that God downloaded to me in a moment of time. You know, he's dealt with me over the years and about some things. But he made a statement to me. He said, Tony, is there a place between being thankful and being unthankful? Is there any place between? Can a person, can a person just who's not thankful not, and not unthankful, is there a way to be in the middle? And then he started showing me scripture after scripture. And there is no place between being thankful and being unthankful. In other words, you're either thankful or you're unthankful. So we're going to talk a little bit about this tonight because the limiting factor, there's a limiting factor in this whole thing that we talk about. See, God's unlimited. His word is absolutely true. It's, it's actually, it's absolutely done. God will not have to do anything or provide anything for you. He's already provided it all. And he wants you to have it all. You know, there's a commercial, I want it all. Well, you and I, as we sit here tonight, we've been given all of it. Everything pertaining to life and godliness, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, Jesus, who is heir of everything that the Father has, and we are the co-heir. We've been given it all. He was made to be sin on the cross with our sin so that we could come to be the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. He was made poor on the cross so that we, through his poverty, might be made rich. Might, what that word rich means, and it, it deals with finances, it, it is a full and overflowing supply. That all happened on the cross. The Bible says Jesus himself on the cross bore all of our sicknesses and diseases and carried away all of our pain. So now healing has already been provided. Right? Think about this. The Bible says when he went to the cross, he despised the shame. That means he tread under his foot the shame of the sin. And he not only paid for your sin, but he paid for the shame of it. So now, Romans says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that be in Christ Jesus. And we find out being in Christ deals with the fact, is the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me? 
Have I been born again? Have I literally bowed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and made him the Lord of my life so that I've been made new? If I have, then his spirit is in me and always will be. So I'm in Christ. There's no condemnation, right? The Bible says in other epistles that I'm unaccusable and I'm unblameable in Christ right now. That I've been given all authority, all authority in the name of Jesus. Jesus gave me his name, the power of attorney of his name. And what backs that name backs me now, backs you now as a child of God. When you're born of God, you overcome the world because of who you are in Christ. These in him realities are going to explode in the hearts and spirits of God's people who make the choice to step in and go all the way with him. And he's going to help you do it. He's wooing all of his children right now. I want to encourage you. There's a big key to lay hold of the blessings of God. And that big key is thankfulness. Thankfulness, as we're going to see, increases your capacity to receive. See, God's unlimited. All that he's provided is already done. The limiting factor is us. So we, got, we have to get to a place where his word is first at all costs. So let's jump over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in verse 57 and let's look at this. I'm so excited about tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in verse 57. Now this is an incredible chapter. I mean, it talks about it talks about the rapture of the church. It's like, death, where is your sting? Hell, you know, where's your power? And all this stuff. But then right in verse 57, it says, but thanks be to God. I love that statement. Never forget it. But thanks be to God. What? Which, give us, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God that gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Say that with me. Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. See, because we have been given the victory, we should live a life of thanksgiving and being thankful for him, to him. Right? Thanks be to God. This is a huge scripture. If you just go a few pages, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 14. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, now thanks be unto God. Same phrase again. Look at what it says, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest 
the savor, as King James would say, that word in the, in the English would be fragrance. And it makes manifest the fragrance of his knowledge by us in every place. Hallelujah. In other words, victory and triumph have a smell or have a fragrance. If you, if you look at 1 Corinthians 15, it talks a lot about fragrances. And this is huge. God wants you and I to be fragrant wherever we go. You are to smell like victory. You are to smell like triumph. Right? Now, this is not a natural smell. It's a spiritual smell. It's more real than a natural smell. That means you walk in a room and all of a sudden the atmosphere changes because now life, see, you're to smell like life. You're to smell like victory. You're to smell like the party after the victory or the triumph, right? See, the, the, the professional sports players, the NBA, you know, they'll play a series, best of seven, and then when they win that fourth game in that series, they have now gained the victory. And then when you see them afterwards, when they're wearing their championship caps, when they're, you know, they're in a parade the next day in their hometown, that, you know, they're given this massive ring that, that tells them they're world champions. All of these things, and they're, you know, they have champagne and it's flying all over the place and they're, they're yelling and screaming. They're so excited. That party is the triumph. Well, our victory is in Christ, and our triumph is in Christ. But the common denominator of those two verses is, thanks be unto God. There's no place between being thankful and being unthankful. If you're not walking around saying, thanks be to God, which always causes me to triumph, who's given me the victory, then you're being unthankful. The more thankful, I'll tell you, some of this stuff is worth coming to church for tonight. The more thankful you are, the more it increases your capacity. I don't want to say your ability, because what you receive from God has nothing to do with your ability. But it increases your capacity to receive from him. I'm telling you, watch Watch what happens to worship. You know, we've had, I mean, coming out of some incredible ministries like Hillsong and Elevation and Bethel and some of these bigger ministries, the worship that has come out of them has been wonderful. But I'm telling you, it's nothing compared to what's going to come. Because worship is going to be at the forefront of this move of God because the body of Christ, see, what, what is limiting a person? They, they have sickness and disease in their body. They have circumstances that are pulling on them all the time. Why are they having trouble to lay hold of what God's already given them? See, Satan's going to try to steal you, your joy. He's going to try to close your mouth. Don't let him close your mouth, right? Because thanksgiving 
it literally increases your ability to receive. Right? This is where some people are. All right, so what can you throw at me? So here. You could throw this first, and I better not let Sarah throw it. You could throw this one second. It might knock me out. Okay, so if this is my capacity to receive, right? Because I'm closed. There's no thanksgiving. Go ahead and throw that to me. I can't receive that. But what if, what if I open myself? Now throw this. See, my capacity to receive this now is a lot easier. A lot of people are trying to lay hold of things. I just, God, I need it. I just, I got to have this. When all the time, if you just let go of yourself and stop being unthankful, you just grab hold of it. In other words, you're going to have to give something up. So if this is you, this is the blessing of God right here. The blessing of God. And this is what, you, what has been done to you and what, what has been hurting you. And the past and the things, the past failures that you've done. The things that you've done that is holding you back. And, and, but that's where, that's where the blessing is. And the Holy Spirit is leading you there, but you're saying no. Because see, to get to there, you're going to have, you know, that's not a good example. Let's say this is where I'm at. And I've got hold of my life. My past hurts. What's happened to me. And, I, and I'm unthankful. Why? Because this is all I'm seeing. I'm not seeing that God literally, almost 2,000 years ago before I was even born, gave me everything to embrace his life. But in order for me to embrace his life, see, this is what a lot of people are doing. They come to churches like this and they hear messages that are just life-changing because it's God's word, but, but it, it frustrates them after a while and, and sometimes, a lot of times, they'll even leave. And, and, you know, some people get upset and start forming X Word of Faith websites about how the Word doesn't work. And, and be, it's because I'm, I can't get over here. Because to go there, you have to let go to go here. I'm your pastor and I love you. If you, if you can't let go of this, you won't be able to embrace him. When you let go of this, this is when you start seeing all the things that have been done. You turn your mourning, you turn your mourning into dancing. You turn your sorrow into into joy. Why? Because when you're there, you're looking at yourself. But when you're now, when you're here, you're looking at Jesus. And all of a sudden, you go from being unthankful to thankful. And now, you just can lay hold of all that he has for you. This is right, right where people are. 
Man, let go of your past. Let go of the fear that is keeping you from being a doer of the word. What area of the word? You know. Right? Nobody has to tell you, you know. For some people, it's unforgiveness. For some people, it's finances. Do you know how many, do you know how many Christians will stand before God and they'll never hear the words, well done, because they never honored him in their finances? Right? Do you know how many people, they'll never experience the Zoe life of God on this earth because they're trying to hang on to things? Or they're, they're just so concerned with what other people think when the reality is other people aren't thinking about them. So this is a huge thing. See, something has to happen in me in order to increase my capacity to receive from him. Thanksgiving is how I increase my capacity to receive from him. You were created to live a life of thanksgiving and praise. Do you realize what we have in store for us? For all you ladies, listen, wrinkles won't have them for very long. You know, you'll never have to have, I mean, think of all the time you ladies are going to have in eternity. Because getting ready, it's just, I'm ready. Right? You guys will be walking around going, so this is what it's like to be a guy. This is pretty awesome. Just kind of roll out of bed, throw some water in your hair, and you go, right? No, no. Do you realize, you know, being tired, just being kind of just wore out, that's not going to be us for very long. Right? But do you know that even while we're here, we could live a life of thanksgiving and praise to him? And I mean, it will cause us to live days of heaven on this earth. He wants you to live long and live strong. It's huge. So, so this is so important. Don't limit your capacity to receive because you're not thankful. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Do you believe that tonight? Yes. Always. If that's true, see, this is the problem. Because you could be right in the middle of the biggest triumphant party that God has thrown for you. And you could be standing in the corner going, I just don't believe it. I mean, it's like, you know, right beyond that door is this big party. It's the triumph. And you're like, no, I, I just don't feel like I'm triumphant. Don't let your feelings or your emotions keep you out, right? He always causes me to triumph. This is huge. Go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. 
I've been spending a lot of time in that, with this verse. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. Guys, Thanksgiving, it's a huge deal. Even as I'm teaching on this, I think this needs to be even a series. There's so much in the Bible about it. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. You guys know this one. For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world system. And this is the victory that overcomes the world system, even our faith. See, here's the thing. Now it says God always causes us to triumph. He always gives us the victory. 2 Corinthians 2.14, right? And faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Do you see the connection? So what we're talking about is faith. Faith is always thankful before it, it sees the answer in this natural realm. Faith is thankful. See, I don't have to see the healing manifest in my body before I'm thankful. Because if I've got to see it in order to be thankful, that's unbelief. Amen. Which is being unthankful. And everybody said, wow, pastor, this is so good. I'm so glad I brought my steel-toed shoes tonight. Right? This is a huge, huge truth, guys. Faith always says thank you before. It always says thank you before. See, here's the thing. There are so many that are still even in the church, coming to services that are just up to here with themselves. But guys, things are going to get a little bit more intense. And it's going to get beyond you, Mr. Prideful. I got this under control because I'm, I'm so awesome. So just, just get over yourself now. There, there's life when you get over yourself because you're not made to do it yourself. Don't put pressure on yourself to receive from God, to stand against what you're facing. No, let faith handle that pressure. That's not yours to handle. We're to rest. See, the children of Israel, they said, you know, actually... Go to Psalm 78. We got to go over there. Go to Psalm 78, verse 40. Hallelujah. I knew we were supposed to go to another scripture. Psalm 78, verse 40. Look at what it says here. How often did they provoke him in the wilderness? This is talking about the children of Israel in the wilderness. Do you know that God never wanted them to wander through the wilderness for 40 years? It was an 11-day journey. But they provoked God. That, that means they made him angry. And they grieved him in the desert. This word grieve means they displeased him. It says, yea, 
they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. The children of Israel, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, that they had an evil heart of unbelief. It's, it's literally rebellious disobedience, and it, it caused them to depart from the living God. The Bible says that they tempted him, they provoked him, they grieved him, and they limited the unlimited God. In other words, the limiting factor was them. Oh, God, I don't ever... Have you ever limited God? <laughs> have you ever had a decade of limiting God? Right? No more of that stuff for me. Man, I'm telling you, I don't want to limit him for, for a minute. They limited... It says here, they limited the Holy One of Israel... See, unbelief literally stops the ability of God. Tonight, I believe that this is a prophetic message, right straight from the more sure word of prophecy. Hallelujah. Always realize this, that when you thank God, see, see here's the thing. Faith thanks God now, before. When you thank God for what is still yet to come in your life, because you haven't seen it here, but when you thank God because he's already said he's given it to you, it takes all the limits off God and connects you to the victory. Let me say this again. When you thank God before for what he's already done, it is what connects you to receiving what he's provided for you. Many are not laying hold because they're not thanking God. We're still begging God in our prayer life. Oh God, please, please do this. Please do this. Could you imagine? He's like, where is the mute button? I can, do I have to listen to this nonsense? That unbelief it's limiting me. I love them. I've provided for them, but they just don't believe it. See, we don't want to limit God. When we thank God for what is to come, it connects us to the victory and the triumph that he's already provided for us in Christ. I don't know how else to say that. It's huge. It's huge. See, this is kind of the way it works with God. Do you know that you're only able to enjoy from him what you receive from him? You can't enjoy something if you don't receive it. Oh, he's provided healing, but you can't enjoy healing if you don't receive it. Oh, he's provided peace, but you can't enjoy peace. You can't enjoy his joy if you won't receive it. But how you receive it, thanksgiving connects you. I'm telling you, just, just be excited. Because man, 
We have been in some dark days in the church. You walk in the walls of the church and some of the most ugly and judgmental people you've ever seen in your life are there. You run into people who are not Christians and they have no idea or or no concept of God because every person they've ever met that's a Christian is still doing everything that their friends that are not Christians are doing. We have friends in California and it's crazy. They do not drink alcohol and they have friends that are like, listen, you know, it's okay for you not to stand and not allow alcohol in your house and not have get-togethers and allow alcohol. It's okay, but their Christian friends are the ones that give them a hassle about it. And for the last 12 months, see, my, my friend that I'm talking about with two of his sons were in a Dodge Charger and a lady left a strip club And was going 70, 80 miles an hour on a two-lane road and hit them head on. Like right after Christmas last year. She had a blood alcohol level three times of what it normally could. They were amazed that this lady's even alive. And because it's California, she won't even probably spend any time in jail. And won't even have her, her license revoked. And, you know, my, my friend, his, his whole leg was crushed. I mean, it's a miracle. He showed me the car. It's a miracle. Actually, they, they know this because there was <laughs> this angel had to be dressed like a priest because all of his sons saw it. All of a sudden, they were all out of the car. And there was a priest. And, and this priest was there. And there was this lady who was kind of a backslidden Christian with her daughter that saw the accident that pulled over. And, and the little girl stayed in the car. And, uh, and the mother was, was out there and, you know, helping them and all this other stuff. You know, my, my, I mean, the car caught on fire. And so they're in a two-door car. My, my, uh, my friend's son is about 6'5 or 6'6. Six, six, is John 6'5 six, or 6'6? Six, six. Plays basketball in college. Uh, he's a freshman in college. He was in the back seat. And, and the whole car's crushed. Billy, the other brother, is probably at least 6'4", you know, and he's in the front seat. Has had multiple reconstructive surgeries uh, and all this stuff. You know, I mean, his family's been through a lot because of this. And, uh, and Bill, you know, the car catches on fire. So he's like, I got to get my kids out of here. He pushes to get out and his legs won't move because they're both, they're both crushed. So he finds himself finally that he's out of the car. He doesn't even know how he got out of the car. And he sees his sons out of the car and he's trying to get to him. He's he's literally crawling on his arms because his legs don't work through gravel and everything else. And I mean, it's a miracle that they're all alive. But they all talked about this priest. And there's two ladies that helped him. And, and, you know, when this happened, all these cars come around, and next thing you know, there's, there's no way in on this, on this thing. It's all shut off. There's no way a guy could even get in here. And, you know, all of a sudden, they're talking about a priest. And it was so funny because the woman's like, 
later on they're like, Bill, there's, there's no priest. You know, but yet the little girl saw it, saw him, and then all of a sudden he was just gone. So they know it was angelic help. And God is, God is moving in their lives and all this stuff. But you could imagine what this family's been through. Do you think they'd probably want to have a glass of wine for dinner? No, probably not. Right? Now, am I saying having a glass of wine for dinner is a bad thing? No, that's between you and the Lord. Romans is real clear on that. But why? But we have Christians giving them a hard time. But their non-Christian friends are like, hey, it's cool. If that, if, you know, we know what you guys have been through. It's totally fine. But these days are coming to an end, guys. Because what's happening now is, is there's going to be a fire. You're going to see it. There's going to be a fire. Somebody's going to be sitting home. They've been offended for 30 years. I will not go back to church. Christians, yeah, I'm a Christian, whatever. Never read my Bible, never go to church. And all of a sudden, there's going to be a fire in them. And all of a sudden, you're going to see it in the church. There's going to be a holiness without judgment because of a fire. And, I, you know, things are going to change in the church. In this last move of God, there's not going to be where, where people come in and they feel weird. Well, you know, I'm a drug dealer. I'm this. I'm that. I should never, you know, one guy, he was part of a band and one of his band members, a Christian guy playing in this country band, go, you know, always would invite him to church. And, and the one guy in the band goes, man, you better not go to church. You'll burst into flames if you walk through the door. People are going to walk through the door a mess and they're going to go, wow, I always thought church was full of judgment. And all I'm sensing ever since I pulled into the parking lot is something that I've never sensed before, the love and compassion of God. See, this is why. Why is this going to take off and happen? Because of thankfulness. Show me a judgmental Christian or a Christian who's trying to walk out telling me who, what somebody else should do, and I'll show you an unthankful Christian. But show me a thankful Christian Man, I am so thankful that when I die, I will see Jesus and I won't see the angel of death and the angel of hell and spend eternity lost because I was dead in my trespasses and sins. And if there's ever been a man that's ever lived that does not deserve to even look upon the face of God, it's me. That's what all of us should say. But then... Jesus, aren't you glad you're saved tonight? The mere fact that you're saved should make you so thankful that it should eclipse all this little stuff that's going on in your life. Because I'm telling you, it's the road out to all of it. We don't want to limit the Holy One of Israel. Hallelujah. I hope you hear my heart in that. Man, we don't walk out anybody else's salvation. A believer says, you know what? I don't feel comfortable with this virus. Uh, going to church, I'm going to stay home and watch online. Great. We love you. How can we stay in relationship and stay connected to you? It's okay. Right? 
Well, I just feel this, or I just feel, great, whatever. Well, I'm just going to pursue Jesus. I don't walk out anybody else's salvation, but I'm going to live holy before him. And I'm going I'm to literally see the fragrance. Like I, I, I spray this, this, this green polo. I've been wearing polo cologne forever. Jeanette's going, wow, yeah. <laughs> right? But you know, this fragrance comes out of my spirit. And this fragrance, when somebody smells it, they think this. Wow, God has victory for me. When they smell this fragrance, God has a triumph for me. God loves me. See, because the fragrance is, the, is of the knowledge of him. The fragrance that you and I are to give off says, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Isn't that good news? Guys, we have to get this right because we can't give what we don't have. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. We get keep believing God for utterance. Hallelujah. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Be careful for nothing. Huh. This word careful means... To be anxious. It means to be annoyed in your spirit. Am I ever to be anxious? No. Am I ever to be annoyed in my spirit? No. This word, this word also means, this word careful means to be drawn in different directions. It's, in other words, don't let anything draw you in different directions. God doesn't do the zigzag thing. He's leading you in a bright path. He makes crooked places straight. It means distractions. In other words, don't let anything distract you. This, all, this word also means an anxious thought. You know what an anxious thought is? It's worry. So the Bible is telling us, don't worry about anything, but in everything. Now, what do you think everything means? Everything. So that means everything. Does that mean everything you will ever face in your life? So God is saying, in anything that will ever happen to you, in every circumstance, in every situation of your life, your whole life, do not worry. Don't let it draw you in different directions. Don't let it distract you. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. In everything. In other words, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything with thanksgiving. I wonder if there's a principle. Why would it say that? Because thanksgiving increases your capacity to receive from him. Let your requests be made known. Hmm. Let your requests. You're praying for yourself here. In other words, don't worry about 
anything in your life, but you pray about everything in your life with thanksgiving. Let those requests that you have be made known to God and what happens. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep. This means it shall guard your hearts. Hmm. That takes me back to Proverbs 4, doesn't it? Guard your heart with all diligence. How do I guard my heart? By not worrying about anything. Don't, get dis- don't let anything distract you. Don't let anything draw you in different directions. But pray about everything with thanksgiving. Because when you do that, the peace of God will guard your heart. And what? It'll guard your mind. That's pretty cool because the mind is the control center. It's the battleground. You guard your mind through Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? So now go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Oh man, I am so excited about 2021 because I, I, feel, like, I feel like I'm just... I get to just get out of kindergarten and I get to get into some stuff now in 2021. Man, you think you've enjoyed some of this stuff? These notes won't even be worth going back to. This is just, this is a launching pad to where God's taken us. Whew, just making that statement excites me. Hmm, keeps me, it's like, okay, Lord, that's way beyond me, but hey, let's do it, right? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Look at this. In everything, give thanks. Notice it didn't say for everything. Oh, Father, I thank you that my right knee has a torn ACL. No. Father, I thank you that you already sent your son and he bore the torn ACL. In his right knee. And I thank you today because in the name of Jesus, I'm healed. And I thank you before it. I don't have to see it because you've already said it. Right? No, no, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I say. In everything, give thanks. You want to know God's will for your life? Oh, gosh. God, please, you know. Pastor, please tell me, I got to know the will of God. I'm so frustrated. I just need to know the will of God for my life. Can you tell me? Yes. Right there, or right there, or right there. In everything, give thanks. Because if you give thanks in everything, it will increase your capacity to receive everything that God has already provided for you and you'll lay hold of everything and walk out God's plan for your life. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Wow, that is good news. Good news. So let's look at an example. Let's go over to Romans chapter four. I'm thinking of Abraham right now. Romans chapter four Because what we're really talking about is how we put action to our faith 
is thanksgiving. How, you, how do you get strong in faith? Well, look at, let's look at what Abraham, he was our example, right? He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Right? The Bible says things like, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. I'm redeemed. Father, I thank you. I'm redeemed. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. So in verse 16 of chapter 4 in Romans, it says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. See, the promise wouldn't be sure to all the seed if it was through the law. But it's, it's to everybody because now it's just God gave to everybody by grace and how we receive it is simply by believing it through faith. Not, oh, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations. Right? God told him that before he ever had kids. Genesis 17, 5. Before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope. What does that mean? Who against hope. See, in, in the natural, his body was dead. Sarah's womb was dead. Who against hope believed in hope. What, what did he believe? I have made you. His hope was what God said. I have made you a father of many nations. So he did not consider his own body or the deadness of Sarah's womb. He was fully persuaded that what God said he was able to perform. In the same way that when God said he provided something for you, it's the exact same way. It might not look like it. It might not feel like it. Everybody in the world might say there's no way. It might not seem fair. It doesn't matter. If God said, then it is. That's what we're talking about. So let's keep going with this. And being not, verse 19... And being not weak in faith, if you're not weak in faith, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that you're strong in faith, right? And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. He didn't consider his body. Neither that the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not. This word stagger means he didn't differ or contend with the promise. Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. I'm, this is my life, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just being real right now. Yeah, you're being real cardinal. And you're being really contending and differing with God. And there's no help for you. Do you see that? There's absolutely no help. Have you ever been there? I've been there. You just, I've been, I remember living in Southern California. I'd rented a room. Laying on my bed. Just so upset at my life. And I just wanted to scream, break things, freak out, 
And, and it was so frustrating because I'd go to church and I'd hear Pastor Wayne Hicks talk to me about faith. And I'd hear Brother Hagen talk to me about faith. And I'd go to Anaheim Convention Center and I'd hear Kenneth Copeland talk to me about faith. And then I would go to Melody Land Church right across the street from Disneyland. Melody Land. Wow. wow. And I heard this evangelist, Dwight Thompson, talk to me about faith. But I was so frustrated because I'm differing. I'm contending. I'm like, you don't understand. This is what's going on in my life. This is real. But God's going, but it's not truth. It might be true, but it might be a fact, but it's not truth. Because truth is, Tony, I have already provided your answer. But in order for you to get to your answer, brother, you're going to have to let go of all this junk. Right? And the Holy Spirit... This is what the Holy Spirit does. So, honey, why don't you be my Holy Spirit? You guys have no idea how close to a real thing this is. She's so gracious. So I want you to take me by the hand. See, see how beautiful? See how gracious? He's, she's not going to shove me into the will of God. She's just going to encourage me. And she's going to take me by the hand and go, come on, you could let go. You could let go of this. And, and, and see, she'll just encourage me and walk with me. And I ha- but I have to follow her, and she'll lead me. Thank you, honey. I should kiss you. There we go. But seriously, that's, what, that's the reality. God wants to use you to touch multitudes of people. But in order for him to do that, He's got to get you to let go of the chair. So what's your chair? You know. You know what your chair is, if you have one. I know I'm looking at a lot of people that have let go of a lot of chairs, right? Any of you who've let go of chairs, would you ever want to go back to the chair? No. Now, Mark Mason, Pastor Mark, it's not a chair, it's a sandbox. But you don't want to go back to those sandboxes, right? I don't want to go back to the chair, Man, I'm I'm telling you, when I look at that rock in Laguna Beach, there's this rock. I used to go sit on it. I'd climb out there with my Bible and sit on it. I left a lot of junk on that rock. I, I left a whole lot of junk on that rock. And I got away from a lot of junk. And then one day I met this lady, and I was able to get rid of all the rest of the junk. But, you know, I never got rid of any of it alone. You know, God surrounded me with people. And we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witness. You know, we fix our eyes on Jesus. He's got to be number one. You don't want to go into 2021 with him not number one. It says here, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, 
giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he, God, had promised, he was able also to perform. Wow. See, what is, what, what is your situation tonight? I'm here to tell you whatever it is, whatever it is, God will help you. You know, in Romans chapter 12, in verse 1 and 2, it tells you what you got to do. The first thing you got to do is you got to throw your flesh on that altar. You got to present your body a living, holy sacrifice. And then you've got to do what? You got to make a decision. Romans 12, 2. I'm not going to be pressed into the mold of the world, but I'm going to be transformed into who, who's on the inside of me is going to actually show on the outside as I renew my mind with the word of God. And then as I go over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it's either 1st or 2nd Corinthians. It's 2nd Corinthians chapter 10. Then what do I do? See, how do I, how do, I do that? How do I... How do I present my body a living, holy sacrifice? And how do I renew my mind with the word of God? In order to do that, I've got to do 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. Because see, though I'm walking in the flesh, verse 3, I'm not warring after the flesh. My battle's not after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal they're not of human origin in other words your weapons in your battle it, it's not you it's not your ability but the weapons that you have as a child of God they are mighty through God to pull down strongholds this word pull down it means the complete destruction of a stronghold Anything that Satan has got you to build in your mind, the word of God in your heart coming out of your mouth will tear it down and destroy it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me will destroy all past failures. Here they are. This is how it works. How do, how do I use the word of God? How do I use the weapons that are mighty through God. I have to cast down imaginations. I have to do that. That is the logical thinking and reasoning of a deceived mind. All these vain imaginations that show my life, these movies that play in my mind of me living a way that's not the way that the word says I'm to live. I've got to get rid of those. I've got to cast them down. And I've also got to cast down every high thing. That Greek phrase is an assault against the mind. That's when Satan or demons are throwing thoughts in your mind to try to ignite a vain imagination. You're going to have to cast that down. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. All these thoughts, that word exalt means something that slowly and progressively takes a place of preeminence in your life. Satan will try to get you 
to be on the throne of your life. And he doesn't do it overnight. It's slowly and progressively. That's why you have to stand here on December 30th, 2020, and you have to decide, I am a child of God. Jesus is my Lord, and I'm not. I was created in him, my spirit, my soul, which is comprised of my mind, my will, and my emotions, and my body are not mine anymore. They are his. I was purchased. Everything that I own is his. Everything. My past has been erased, and my present and my future is all his. And now I've literally come full circle And I'm literally a child of Almighty God. Never to be alone. Never to do anything alone again. To do everything with Him. It's amazing. Free. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or exalts itself against the Word of God. Any thought that says anything contrary to this, I'm casting it down. I don't believe the world's report. I believe his report. Yeah, but geez, you know, serving God, man, you can die. No, sorry, I already did. No, I can't, I can't die. I'll never taste death. No man will ever take my life. But I would willingly lay it down. But I'll never let anybody take it. And I'm not leaving the planet early. And while I'm here, my whole life will drip with a fragrance that God's word is true. So I'm not going to allow sickness to be in a body that belongs to him. I'm not going to allow his mouth to, to be filled with death. I'm not going to use my flesh as a weapon of unrighteousness. It's going to be a weapon of righteousness, right? This is how we do it. And what, what do I do here? Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. So every thought, not every other, every thought. Now we could, see, we can do this because he tells us to do it. So that means going from here, if I ever think a thought that's contrary to God's word, I am taking it captive. Boy, I wish I had my sword. It's in that office. It's, it's a Roman sword. It's about this long. And the blade comes to a really long tip. And a Roman soldier would wear this on his side. And this word captivity, taking every thought into captivity, it, it described a move that the Roman soldiers would learn. And when they would take a person into captivity, they would literally, if they tried to fight them, they were, they were valiant fighters and warriors. They would grab the person a certain way and slam them into the, their breastplate while at the same time pulling this three-foot long sword and would bend their body and angle it and they could literally drive that sword right up the spinal column of an individual severing their spinal cord and they would be literally taken captive. They would be paralyzed from the head down. Their arms would just drop. That is the term that Paul used 
That's how serious these thoughts that are contrary to the word of God are. We don't, we don't, we're not going to negotiate with Satan. I can't wait. I only have one word for him when I see him. Bye. Bye. Enjoy the lake of fire. Right? I hope you enjoy it forever. Everything you've done on the earth. I never let the sun go down on my anger for him. Because of him, 3,000 babies in this country died today. Right? Because of him, people are being murdered. People are hungry and starving in a world that has more than enough. It's all because of him. And his days are short, guys. And we've already won. I'm so glad he hates me. He is violently opposed to righteousness. And man, I'm standing here today in the very righteousness of God simply by faith. So I want to close with this. I got to read Hebrews 13, 15. It's going to be the last scripture you hear me read in a service. I'll probably talk about the word afterwards. Look at what it says. Hebrews chapter 13. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Look at this, verse 15. It says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. I'm telling you guys, this is the road. Wow. We offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. How often? Continually. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So I want to encourage you. Thanksgiving increases your capacity to receive from God. It connects you to your victory and your triumph. Amen?